Welcome to episode 490 and 1 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is a man sitting across the table from me. As certain as I am that I am talking to you, I had the same amount of certainty that Russell John the Fisherman is wearing a green hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, good job, dude. <laughs> no sunglasses today. Coming in... A hundred percent. Also, we have good lighting in here today. It's better lighting. Hmm. It, I, it's okay. It's better for me. It's overcast. It's better for me and my troubled eyes. Well, the sunglasses really help. <laughs> Not having them on. What, can I tell you the reason why I don't wear the sunglasses anymore? Oh, it, it's done? Well, well, here's the reason why. As the, <laughs> the remaining uh, half of the show will be introduced here. Uh, whenever I feel like it. But right now. I need to talk about my sunglasses. I left them in Alabama. You know, I left my fedora so in Mississippi. Dumb. <laughs> and I left my Ray-Bans in Alabama. Where? And Amanda Cooper has not sent those Ray-Bans to me. Oh, okay. All right. A girl stole them from you. That's correct. Cool. Accidentally stole a shirt. And I mailed her the shirt. But if I got the sunglasses, but I got the sunglasses. You stole a the, female shirt? Accidentally. I thought it was a black T-shirt. I was like, I have a black T-shirt. <laughs> it was, and there, yeah, it was a pink crop top. You're like, I could, I could work That's that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you gotta do? Um. Also joining us <laughs> from Atlanta, Georgia. Took a minute. Is Randy Michael Stat? Randy. Yes, sir. What's up? Are you sure that you left them there? Because I think I have a pair of sunglasses here that uh, are not mine because I don't ever wear sunglasses. You left a trail all over. Okay. <laughs> no, I think... You have multiple. Are you missing Well, they multiple? said they had the... Sun- what, sag- what sunglasses do you have? I don't know. I, su- I saw them in a drawer the other day, which leads me to believe they've been there a long time. So I'm guessing they're not yours? Yeah. Yeah, no. I think my- mine are confirmed to be in Alabama. Okay. Unless, you know, Amanda Cooper is a double agent. <laughs> Which I, who the other side, who Russia is in this scenario is. It's always Russia is the double agent, right? You know, there's no, there's no, there's never been a Bolivian double agent. Not that I know of. You know who would know? From behind the wall, it's Oksana Valeria Novo, Sachi. I'm offended. Thank you so much. <laughs> you should be. Really, come on, rip you, into him. Let him, let him have it. I set that up, dude. <laughs> I've, no, I based my uh, a, a year long research paper on that because of the born supremacy. Was it the born the beginning of born supremacy where some Russians blow up a building and they did not have to be Russian at all? Well, they got to be from somewhere, Oksana, and they but but then they should be from somewhere with a scary accent. Honestly, that's what it is. It's the accent. It's all. It, it sounds mad no matter what. You could be like telling yeah. a joke, yeah, and you sound like you're um, threatening a life. It's the accent. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard, I know. Yeah. Well, we solved it. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> Foreign policy. That's what we do here at the Overlook Hour, baby. Also, I, I just made the discovery. And I have to tell dear Randy Michaelstadt, as well as our listeners here. Also, I'm, I am happy. Why you know I? I've been, you know I've been, <laughs> I know. Record that, Randy. Make sure. You know I've been smoking, right? Uh-huh. But I cannot tell you, my voice is on point now, dude. <laughs> uh, if you disagree, please let us know in the comments. Or I'm very happy email. with my smoky, raspy voice. And I'll tell you, this that's been my master plan. That's why I started smoking at 35. Because mm-hmm. I want to have a cool, 
raspy voice. And I think I've done that now. So now I'm just going to quit cigarettes. I think you're smoking and you're high because what the fuck are you talking? What raspy voice? <laughs> what are you talking about? I I am like... Deliver the, it, right? I'm, I'm listening right to you. I have headphones on. I don't hear it. What are you talking This is a great raspy voice. Nah. You sound like a um, Southern gentleman. Again, your reference zone is like <laughs> two meters wide. Man. Yeah, I know. And but I, see, I, I'm not hearing a gravelly, uh, very masculine Marlboro cowboy voice at all. No, there's a there's a gravel in my voice. Randy Michael? Well, it's a little bit there. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's all you need. You just need a little. Mm, all right. A Clark Little. I don't need Randy Savage over here, dude. I'm it's just not like a Natasha Leone voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not that. I mean, that's what she's doing. She is a, she is like, she talks like a Yiddish comedian from the 1940s. <laughs> I love her. It's great. It's tight. Also, I listened to her on like three podcasts this week and I'm a little Conan? Natasha Leone, Leover. It's too much. And a uh, comedy bang bang. Oh, true. I didn't listen to the Conan one. I saw a clip, though. That's pretty good. I feel like I'm gaslit by her career. Anyway. <laughs> I always think she's not as famous as she is. She's great. I agree. She's been but, around a long time, too. I know. Yeah. And I'm always uh, like, oh, are you really that famous? Also, um, what I was getting to before I got uh, sidetracked with uh, the beauty of my own voice, mm -hmm. which I attribute to smoking. So kids start smoking. Randy, both Russell and Oksana are wearing matching sweatshirts, but in different colors. All right. I meant to okay. point that out. <laughs> and what color is she wearing? Oksana is wearing a beautiful baby blue. <laughs> yep, nailed it. Wow. Yeah, I know I know that blue. That's a very uh Russell, in certain circles that would be known as a Carolina blue. Yeah. A powder blue. Actually, I don't know. Depending on the lighting, I, I could go either way, whether that be baby or powder. I'd say maybe baby. What about <laughs> baby powder? powder. Thank you. Thank God. We also, I'm just going to have to imagine it because Russell has his camera off, so I can't even tell what the hoodie oh, looks what? like. Oh, Why don't you have your camera on, oh, you, my little, bad. you little idiot? My bad. Hell there yeah. he is. Yeah. Uh, supporting the Denim Devil. The Denim Devil matching sweatshirts. <laughs> are you going to be okay today? What are you talking about? I feel like you're aloof and like having fun. And I don't know what to do with that, Clark. I've never met him before. See, that's the thing. It's like you, <laughs> you don't have the ability to just roll with it. No. You have to stop and freak out mm -hmm. and then disrupt everything. Yeah. I know. Why do you think I smoke so much marijuana? <laughs> of your marijuana. voice? <laughs> Oh, oh. trying to make your eyes I look was, cool? I was attributing the uh, just the smoking, but it could be the weed. I don't know. Randy looked it up. Does weed make your voice sound cool? Dot com. We'll wait, Randy. <laughs> I don't think it does. I know a lot of people that smoke a lot of weed that don't have uh, gravelly voices. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson does not have a gravelly voice. Yeah, That's Willie Nelson. He's up there. Nasally. Russell, your thoughts. Russell, do you like Willie Nelson? No. Why? I don't know. You never gave him a shot. Yeah, I don't know. Same. He's cool. I have no opinion, really. I know. Yeah. You want me to show you a world? No. You want, you want to take my hand? No. <laughs> I'll take you to Willie Town. <laughs> All right. Uh, Russell John, what, uh, we got anything up top? I'm looking over here on our uh, documents page, and I don't I see a blank notes page. So uh, 
It's get, usually blank. No, no, no. We'll, we'll typically have some notes in there, but it's all right. Nah. Yeah, no, I didn't put anything down today. I uh, be warned, I will be uh, doubling my movie count. As last week, I was rudely interrupted by the departure of Madeline. Oh, yeah. So I have my Jasadi double feature, which I will be retreading. I do have a uh, TBR that I've been teasing forever. I did not feel comfortable delivering it today. I wanted to um, spend more time with it, so I'm bumping it again. Tom, don't kill me. Um, hey, I don't have to read an email. I'm fine with it. Up top. Yeah, no, I think I'm okay. I got a lot of movies, though, so. That's something. What do you got? Oksana! Well, it's, it's like two weeks away, but it gives you time to prepare for the return of the Scream musical parody written by... Michael Phyllis. Oh, yeah. It's going to be at the Oasis February 14th through March 23rd. Is it a new yeah. production? Okay, good. We got to go again. Last time it was in, it's so much fun. Uh, Terrell was theorizing that it's, I'm not sure why he, he thinks it might be like Scream 2. Cool. Which would make sense. I, I trust Michael. I think no matter what he does, it will be interesting and thoughtful. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Because mm. he makes smart decisions because he was on this show. Yeah, good writer. He's <laughs> acting in this one, too. He wasn't in the cast of the last one. Good. Then there will be minimal chance of me. He, uh, um, he was in Batman, though, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Like he was Joker. Yeah, he was Joker. He was all over that. Ah, uh, Steve Miller Band. <clears throat> also, Midnight Joker. you know, I say there's nothing to talk. There's a million things to talk about. Y'all, Kevin? Y'all need to go on and start watching Blu-ray Tuesday. Leave comments in there. Pump that channel. Also, our interviews are going to start going up regularly on YouTube, too. Then we have the Unnamed Footage Festival coming at the end of March. Again, it is uh, Easter weekend. So uh, if, if you ain't got family, if you're risen. not egg hunting, come uh, hunt gotta, some footage. Gotta hunt those eggs. I think by the time this episode goes up, our submissions will be officially closed. They were open. Right? Wait, what's today? Yep, it'll be closed the day before. The day before, yeah. So you Actually, missed the no. boat there. The day after. Um, <laughs> It's the 31st. Yeah, I don't know. It's either open or closed. I, I can't tell. <laughs> Look at a calendar. It's going to be um, one of the two. It's one of the two. And um, yeah, so stay tuned as uh, we start putting shit out for that. We may be uh, partnering with former guests on the show, too. Lots to come. Um, Anything I, else? I, don't I got know. one. What you got? What, are you fishing? Yeah. Uh, we haven't plugged it yet, but uh, our buddy Nick Verdi has a uh, Indiegogo um, who he did uh, Sweet Relief and Caucasoid. They're looking for five grand to make a movie, and I think he made Sweet Relief, Sweet Relief for less. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, five grand is probably going to do a lot with it. It's called uh, Don't Let It Bring You Down, and I think they're planning to shoot in March. So get on that. Excellent. Yeah, can you all pull a link so we could like nest that? Yeah, I got it up right the, now. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, Usually, five grand is not a lot of money. That could happen. Yeah. I can get you five grand by three o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I think, I think uh, that's it. Uh, I've got one more thing. Yeah. Uh, if you could queue up uh, this week's Snack of the Week. Snack of the Week? <laughs> oh, my, what the fuck? Um... Hmm. How about this? The only sound cue operator to debate what he's going to play. Yeah, you played that before. That's what I was hoping you were going to play. Oh, like really? Yes. That's our email stinger. That's why we haven't gotten any emails. I haven't been playing it. Hey, I like it. It's like, yeah, everybody close your eyes. Now imagine theater of the mind. Clark uh, has a cool snack in store, and he's got a lady over to help enjoy it. 
She's a ghost. <laughs> then you saved it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, this week's main ruins. <laughs> Dude, women always interrupt. Am I right? <laughs> then, then you put this sound, the, the drums. Thank you. This week's snack of the week is again oh from Trader Joe's. The cinnamon bun inspired kettle popcorn. Get an on tear. Oh, on that looks taste. like some shit I would fuck up. Randy, how's that crunch? <laughs> Gravelly. Pretty, pretty audible. <laughs> pretty audible. <laughs> out of 12 stars, how, out of 12 stars, how, how, what would you rate that crunch? I will go like an 8 out of 12. Okay. This is very nice. Kettle popcorn. Oksana approved. It's Oksana. not bad. Russell, would you like some or are you on your little diet? No, I'll wait till after. Well, you want, you want the sugar, it's going to make me cough. You want to smell the bag? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Russell getting a live smell. Oh, looking man, at the uh, looking at the bag itself, looking at the nutritional facts. Because he's responsible. Got some iron in there. Uh well, how was that sniff for you? It was good. All right. Ready, you're the only one who can't participate in this. I'm sorry. Bummer. Go visit your local Trader Joe's. All right, Russell, over to you. Was that it? All right. That was snack of the week. <laughs> Nine out of twelve. Nine out of twelve. <laughs> I forgot to read it. I forgot to read it too. Okay. Ding, ding. All right. Are we ready? We gotta let him in. Let's do it. Get the show rolling official. Okay. I need to wake up a little bit. I'm a little groggy. Had a rough night. Up late. You've been drinking. Watching grog? a movie. I have been drinking. Um, grog. Wasn't gonna mention. Not grog. Mm. But uh, on Friday night after we watched RuPaul's Drag Race, me and Oksana ended up partying. We were having like a regular date night at home on the couch. Oh, shit. Up till 4.30 in the morning That's drinking wine. Yeah, the whole time we were, looking at, <laughs> we were looking at the clock like, this is the dumbest idea. Like, what are we doing? And then we couldn't, we couldn't get off the train. So I'm, I'm recovering. Yeah, parenthood. Am I right? <sighs> Just drinking <laughs> wine to 4.30. Yeah, kids up at 4:45. We, <laughs> we knew it was. We're like the minute we walk up there, he's gonna get up. And uh, I don't know. We're here. We're alive. Just trying to wake up. All right. Are we good? I don't want to embarrass us in front of David. Trying oh, to look wide eyed. I'm ready. My my uh, my zipper's up. Okay, good. Because it really creeped him out last time it was down. I know. I'm sorry. It's a thing. All right. Let's let him in. It's January 28th, 2024, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I'll be riding the coffee coaster as I reflect on the aggro drift trailer. If you plan on looking up Harmony Kareen's new trailer, make sure to spell Drift DR, the number one, F-T. And after I finish applying color theory to an infrared trailer, I'll be thinking about all the celebrity birthdays today. Happy birthday, Colette. Happy 88th birthday, Alan Alda. Happy 43rd birthday, Elijah Wood. Oh. Let's also remember those who decided to mosey on. Happy trails, John McVeigh. Happy oh. trails, a Ben Candle. Happy trails, John Stedman. Everyone, <laughs> have know. a great day. Bye, David. Bye, David. I, don't, I don't know any of those people. Elijah Wood, Colette was just one name. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, how many of them did you know? I, yeah, I think one. I think Elijah Wood. Yeah. Okay. No, I knew several. All right. <laughs> I got to pay attention. Yeah, I, I don't know. They all sounded old to me. Although, did you see the Agro Drift trailer? I did. 
Oh yeah. What'd you think? No. That's why I love it. I seen it before. I saw I a snake it. before, yeah. like a few months ago, and it's the same. What about you, Randy? Boring. Yeah, I, it played. Yeah, New York Film Fest, and I think something else. And I saw the trailer then, but I haven't, you know, watched it since. Or if there's a new one, did it uh, get your blood pumping? Or are you as uh, blood as Clark? I don't know if I'll love it, but I'm down to see it. I I just love the fact that I'm not saying I'm not down with the sickness. Uh huh. You're just not impressed. Oh, it's just like okay. All right. I know what we're doing. That's that's cute. <laughs> but if he made an iPhone movie, you'd be all over it. No, it's just You're yeah, like, it's just, dude, Airbud? What the oh, fucking yeah. infrared? Like I, I I reserve a little bit of a fuck you. I yeah. reserve a 20% fuck you. Nah. The man it. is a genius. And you know what? I love it. I the, the more strong work. The more reaction it gets like that where people are immediately like, "Oh, whatever." I'm that's why I, if I'm honest, part of me, that's why I love it. I'm like, yes. You're a little Julian Donkey Boy. I am. That's a fucking you Julian know, uh, Donkey Boy. Considered by many the uh most true form of Dogma 95. True in application. Although I wonder, I bet there's a little bit of popularity no. bias in that. Dogma 95 or Windows 95? Both. <laughs> <laughs> there is they do share an aesthetic. Indeed, they do. <laughs> They're pretty similar in that way. Oh, you know what? There was something I wanted to mention up top. Okay. Uh, Bad Ben. Yes. I know I missed it. We started the show of fiction. We're off the rails already. But Bad Ben, there's a new chapter that I missed some. I'm, somehow I missed if the there's, Bad Ben. If, if a new day has dawned, <laughs> there's a new chapter in the Bad Beniverse. And I sent it to you, and you were like, I'm in. Agro Drift, no. But Bad Ben, the Dracula situation, too? All day. And here's the thing. I didn't know Dracula appeared in the first one. But I uh, was trying to find something. Everything's behind a paywall now. It's, you got to get Bad Ben TV. Also, somebody sent um, a clip of, of Nigel Bach reviewing Spontaneous Human Combustion, the Thomas Burke short. Oh, yeah. And uh, Thomas didn't deliver it to him. Actually, here, I'll go a little behind the curtain. The clip was sent from Michael Steinberg, the captain of POV Horror, to yes, Thomas Burke. And Tom was like, dude, check this out. And it was Nigel just like, this movie. Yeah, like, give it. Oh, I, I, I wish I had access. I would pull the audio to share with That's people. That's great. But, yeah, I guess there's a movie called The Dracula Situation that he made. And uh, if we go to Letterboxd, where the bad Benites live, oh, yes, uh, the first review is, I'm the first reviewer. Oh, boy. Like a fool, I assume that part one's 40-minute runtime equaled 40 minutes of story. <laughs> But there are nine minutes of end credits. Nine. That is so <laughs> Was he going at half speed? I have no idea. I love Nigel, though. So <laughs> I'd love to see him go up against Dracula. Can I tell you, I don't know why it tickles me so much. But I love when any sort of vampire situation yeah. is referred to as a Dracula. As a Drac I know. It, it tickles me so much. I always think of that Artie story. That too. Artie Lang bit yeah. is, is one of the best. So that movie is listed on movie.com and it looks like it is a real Dracula. Oh, it's a real Dracula. Oh, a real Dracula. It's a, hold on. Here we go. He's in the window. To the wall? He's in the window. What are you talking about? Look it up. But you're telling me to, God damn it, the producer is supposed to be on my team. 
can you send me a link or something? I mean, I'm looking at the Bad Ben Dracula situation. I do not see a Dracula in the window. How much is that Dracula in the window? How much is the Dracula in the window? I do see Nigel wearing a top. Or is that Dracula? That's Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) In front of Monticello. Oh, I can't wait. We got to get Nigel back on here. I feel like it's Thomas Jefferson's house. Each time he comes on, I feel like he's more and more hesitant. (laughs) Oh, can can, can we read the review? I did. I read the top part. The bottom isn't that interesting. Nice little clip. Oh, wow. Look at that one. This feels like a return to form for the Bad Ben franchise. And it's like a breath of fresh air. Four stars? Yeah, four stars. Out of five. Now, we must say that Letterboxd is not up to date. Yeah, they're dumb. uh, With uh, the preferred voting scale of the people, which is the 12-star system. All right. Uh, Without any further ado... We sent it over to Randy Michaelstadt in Atlanta, Georgia, who is three hours ahead. Uh, so as we speak to you, it is 2.29 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And Randy, it is 5.29 Eastern Standard Time. Randy, how do you like, you know, you've been over in Atlanta for a couple of years now. Have you, do you like the East Coast time? It is by far, to me, the worst time zone. I, I don't know. I, it hasn't really affected me that much besides, you know, if my parents try to call me and I'm already asleep at like nine o'clock, but uh, I don't yeah. watch any sort of live sports or events or anything. So it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. I'm you're cool not a sporto. You're not a no. sporto. That is uh that's part of the deal. But even like, you know, for a live television event or something streaming, you know, things like that. Or, you know, if it's, if it's 5 PM Pacific, that's eight. That's eight Eastern, you know, seven, that's 10, that's late. Yeah, I guess there's probably been one or two, like, you know, streaming. Uh, I think one of the the only YMH live I watched, I think, was kind of late here. Did you watch the uh, 69 minutes? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And then I haven't thought of it since that. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Same. The Danny Brown fine. segment was really good, but. Danny Brown was good. Uh, Russell, uh, Danny Brown, uh, famous actor and YouTuber. Mm-hmm. That's about it, right? Musician? Musician. What did I say? Actor? I said rapper. Did I say actor? I you said rap. actor. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, are you doing a bit? I'm looking at you. It's yeah, either the rapper. stroke or a bit. I do I do like Danny Brown as a musical artist. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I meant to say. I apologize to the entire Brown family <laughs> and to the city of Detroit from once he came. Uh, Danny Brown went to a pickleball uh, court and uh, tried to figure out uh, if black people could play pickleball. And they can. Confirmed. (laughs) All right. And he enjoys it. The age-old question. Yeah. But Randy Michael over there in your uh, stinky, stinky Eastern time zone, uh, what... uh, we, uh, you have some sort of a double feature, uh, double events. What What did you get up to, you little rascal? Yeah, so both things I'm about to talk about are things that I've talked about on this podcast already, but I just wanted to... Uh, oh, you're doing an own Randy retread right sure, now? Here, I guess so, it. yeah. Oh, dude. It's a double Randy retread of Randy doing it, so it's really weird. <laughs> Say, I went to two uh, really fun events at Plaza uh, this past week. 
Um, the Sweet East, which I saw a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that they were going to be doing a Q&A with the director, Sean Price oh. Williams, and writer Nick Pinkerton, and that sold out completely. Um, I got a ticket the night before, so I, I went. But a uh, big, big crowd. I did not expect it to sell out. But um, Was this in a big room? In the big room, yeah, which... I don't, I'm bad at estimating how many seats are in a room, but well, it's Randy, than the big performer. rock you, Randy, you performed all over this, these states united. You should know how many seats you can fill. I was performing in, uh, you know, your basements and stuff. So, you know, yeah, but, you know, you get an idea of how many people can stay. Well, I guess standing and sitting, those are two different things, but yeah. so I would imagine cut it in half. Probably like a 300 seater. We'll go with that. The all big right. theater. Oh, oh wow. That. But uh, yeah, it was it was very fun. Uh, the Q and A actually was was pretty good. Um, you know, there's always some questions where people don't really feel like they're actually asking a question. But I felt like there wasn't many of those. Maybe one. Uh, and the moderator was uh, pretty good, and the people of Videodrome helped put it on too. Uh, so they were there. But uh, yeah, great movie. Uh, happy to go see it again. And they are doing some sort of like a, a road show with the movie. Uh, I believe they just did a showing and Q&A in LA over the weekend. And there's like five or six, seven other cities or something that they're going to be uh, at in the next like month or two. So you can go see it. It's a, uh, you know, kind of a smaller movie, but uh, it's really good. I don't know if it's, do you know if it's even playing in San Francisco anywhere? It seems like it would be kind of like a Roxy movie, but. I think, I don't know. I was trying to confirm that while you were talking. And I thought it said that they were going to play at the Lark. Oh, I do see that. Yeah. 23 miles yeah. away. Yeah. The Lark? Yeah. I'm like, the hell is that? I don't know. I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever been, though. I know I, I've never been. Yeah, I've heard of it, too. But I'm like, where the fuck is the Lark Theater? And why are they going there? It's the Clark Theater, and I'm right here, dude. It's in Larkspur. That's not a place that anyone goes <laughs> to. Corte Madera. Yeah, I had no idea yeah. there was a theater there. That's a bummer. It's not playing anywhere closer. You might as well be an Eskimo. Like going to Larkspur. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's showing on the Sweet East site, but not on the Lark Theater. I feel like like Lark is a synonym for prank, and they're pulling (laughs) one on us. Clarkspur. Although I don't like Clarkspur because I do not like the San Antonio February 9th. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? Well, yeah, if you can find it, go see it. It's really good. I want to. You were so, um, there was no joke in your delivery when you told me this is something you would like when you brought it up. Yeah, and I think I, I it, dig it. It made an impact. I'm like, oh, shit. Randy's telling me the truth right now. <laughs> yeah, so I really want to watch it. And I've been looking up, trying to find a screening. Yet yeah, I don't, I can't confirm this. <gasps> Randy. Uh-huh. So I was trying to confirm your Roxy thing. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Roxy schedule, and uh, they're playing Frederick Wiseman's uh, movie I today. Saw that. Oh, that's Michelin? today. Shit. Menu plus airs. Sold out. Oh, it's a little Roxy. I don't count that as a the real Clark's player. Little ah. Roxy. Oh, dude? Ne- oh, it's sold out today, and the next one's not till February the sixth, which is Damn. next week because it's the end of the month. That's how time works. <laughs> I forgot. It's the end of the world, <sighs> dude. Do it and film a bootleg, dude. Send it to me. Oh, for four giant. hours, a four hours bootleg <laughs> in the little Roxy. Bring an external hard drive. God, 
Might as well just send you a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And next, speaking of the Roxy and speaking of four hours, uh, in 2019, I went to the big Roxy to go see a seven and a half hour film called Satan Tango directed by Bellatar. And the Roxy was showing it again, or was showing it uh, for the 30th anniversary uh, yesterday, this past Saturday. I wasn't really planning on going, but Christian was like, hey, I kind of might want to go see Satan Tango. I was like, well, if you go, I'll go. I just don't want to go see it a seven hour, mo- seven and a half hour movie by myself. So Had he seen it before? He had not, no. Okay. Uh, I think he'd seen some Bellatar, but definitely not Satan Tango. But yeah, it started at noon, which was pretty rad because, you know, we're out out of there by eight, you know, a little before eight. And there's two intermissions, 20 minutes each. Uh, one Ooh. of them, they, they had brought in. Two intermission. Shit. What the fuck? Two intermissions. Seven, seven and a half hours, dude. Randy, that's not bad. You know, next to the, next to the plaza, you got that bar. You go over there, you know, chug yep. a shot, maybe get a little bear. <laughs> it wasn't really enough minutes? time, but they did bring in. Uh, a shit ton of pizzas from Fellini's Pizza down the street. And we're selling slices. <laughs> Fellini. Fellini's so I had pizza. two slices of cheese pizza and a Miller High Life during one of the intermissions. It was pretty tight. Brandy, how was that za over the Fellini's? It was pretty good. It's I don't know, standard sort of, uh, you know, kind of cheap New York style slice. Okay. All right. It was good. But yeah, uh, Satan Tango, uh, still really like it on a second view. It, uh, honestly, the seven and a half hours went by really fast. I don't know what it is about the pacing of it or something, but uh, yeah, Christian agreed it went by like really quick as well. And this wasn't sold out. It was in the big theater, but it was like 70% sold maybe. Uh, a lot of people there. I was kind of surprised that there was that many people willing to spend eight hours in a theater on a Saturday. But uh, damn, yeah, just between those two things just uh, really kind of got me you know, excited about the film going community here because a lot of times I go to movies at like four on like a Friday when people are usually still at work, maybe just getting off work and I'm usually like the only person there. So it's cool to, uh, you know, go to some, some screenings with, uh, some audiences. Now, Randy, what would you say is a more grueling experience for a screening? Uh, the, Seven hours, seven hours, is this correct, for the runtime of Satan Tango? It's a little over seven. Or the two-hour shorter River Fundament. I think River of Fundament is a little more grueling. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a little, yeah, there's, the last, like, two hours of that movie, or hour and a half, were pretty, pretty hard, hard to get through. A lot more opera, if I remember. Yeah. But it was like monosyllabic. Very weird. Opera. Yeah. yeah. Also, shouts out to Saudi. Apparently, he found a bootleg of it at Rasputin. He did. Pretty tight. Uh, or Amoeba. Or Amoeba. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there still... Are, when you said Rasputin, I saw, are there still any around? I. Th- well, I don't know. I haven't been there for a couple of years, but uh, I would assume there's around? at least Berkeley probably, yeah. I was I was so bummed when they uh, shut the one down in Union Square, like five story one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I loved that one. Yeah, I Rush believe I went to a uh, Blink One Eighty Two CD signing there. Oh, dude, that's a 
That's a that's a beautiful San Francisco story. <laughs> Long time ago, went with my parents. Story gets even better. I bet they're big fans. Uh, they they are actually. My dad is definitely a bigger Blink One Eighty Two fan than I am at this point. I know your parents are are. It's historic on this show that your parents <laughs> are huge pop punk fans. Hell yeah! Russell thinks this is the coolest thing about you. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> Russell's back. He's uh, freshly hydrated. Everything go okay in the restroom? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There's a Rasputin in Modesto. Again, that doesn't count as a <laughs> oh, place. Gee, wait, how many are there left? Five. Man yeah. almighty. There used to be 3,418 Rasputins. <laughs> now they're down to five. Oh, the dodo of retail record stores. I'll tell you. All right, Randy, what else you got? So yeah, get ready to put a uh, another coin in the jar for things that I mention or people that I mention every week. There we go. Uh, but I was listening to Robbie no Smith's coin. podcast, Rob World, uh, a week ago, and he was mentioning a movie called Katya Dreams of Waking Up, which is on uh, Fandor or whatever the library free streaming service is called. Rainy, uh, I'm going to pop in here. Uh, what the H is Fandor? Very artsy, independent, low-budget movies. Uh, so, okay. yeah, it's a good streaming service. I signed up for it like years ago to watch something and then I had canceled I it and then I totally forgot it even existed until about two weeks ago. What's the, what's the uh, big dog in uh, never ending story? Atreyu? No. Um, uh, Falcor. Yeah. I think of that. You say Fandor, I say Falcor. Also, Fandor, Falcor. The other one you were talking about was, was that Canopy? That's I it. think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's a library. Which I had uh, through my Oakland library card, but then it expired, so now I don't have it anymore. But Fandor's tight. You don't go to the library in Atlanta? I have not, no. I have not. I read books over there, dude. (laughs) Well, yeah, this movie uh, is really good. It's under 90. It's an hour 12. Great length for a, uh, a feature film. And I say that after just saying that I saw Satan Tango. I like my movies like I like my women. Under 90. Worth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially, this movie is about uh, the main character, Katya, who lives in Berlin with her boyfriend. And uh, she lives like a very, you know, busy, big city life and is like addicted to her phone and has to set alarms for everything and has a ton of anxiety uh, and is like worried about the future and like worried about death uh, and things like that. And then there's a lot of very, uh, very cool editing, like in the beginning where you're kind of seeing like her walking around Berlin, but you're seeing like stuff from her phone, uh, like her phone screen sort of like intertwined with it too, um, which kind of just I don't know, really painted a picture about like phone addiction and how like you could kind of just like you start to like not realize like what's what sometimes or, you know, you just like are so addicted to it. You're just like always thinking about it. Um, so yeah, it kind of starts there in the whole like first 15 minutes or so are sort of like a sort of like an anxiety attack. You really like are in her head. You're listening to a lot of the, her voiceover is kind of uh, what's driving the main first portion. Uh, But then her and her boyfriend go to Norway and the film like really quiets down. Um, And the cinematography is like really, really beautiful. Uh, Just really like striking 
nature uh, and it's just shot really well and it is very quiet you can tell she's trying to like detox from like big city life and like you know not look at her phone like her boyfriend's like oh i sent you something funny she's like i'm not gonna look at it while we're here at all like i'll look at it when we get back into town um and yeah this whole like middle portion is like really cool uh there's a lot of um just interesting editing there's like this weird this sort of like a like a like a wipe thing like a slow like it wipes like the frame down and then like the next frame comes through at that portion hard to describe but it looks really cool um and then yeah she's sort of like yeah she has like an experience there that like she kind of wants to like change some things and that kind of like has an effect between her relationship with her boyfriend um and then they eventually go back to berlin and uh it's kind of them trying to like deal with uh you know what they're what she's trying to do now and stuff like that but um yeah overall i just thought it was like really unique and like really cool movie and uh like i said it looks awesome um and yeah i just really like the sort of like tone shifts uh in it and apparently like nobody has seen this movie for whatever reason there's like on letterbox at least i think there's like 60 people have viewed it and 10 have done a review of it um so highly underseen i think it came out like late last year um I don't know if it played festivals or what, but yeah, it is on Fandor if you have Fandor. And if not, it's only a uh, $5 a month. Well, see, Randy, that's why we have, uh, you know, the true catfish out there for the film world, like Robbie Smith out there, you know, true. Go, going deep into the bottoms of the, of, of, you know, lakes, rivers, streams, and filtering out <laughs> things for you and I. And it's very unfortunate that catfish um, is now associated with that uh, garbage MTV show uh, because uh, Catfish itself is a beautiful animal and uh, it tastes delicious. And uh, I love eating that ass. Catfish.com. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Catfish is good. <laughs> Randy, how many stars? Uh, let's go nine. Nine out of twelve. I know. Just shy of the ten. See, R- R- Russell, I think we've gone too hard in on Randy. You know, we've been saying that he's been handing out tens like he's a horny <laughs> judge at a beauty contest. Hell yeah. Sometimes Thank there's tens, dude. I don't know. Sometimes there's tens. <laughs> what can I say? Fuck yeah. All right. Randy, anything else? No, that is it. For reasons I don't know. Um, actually, you know, was this a Tubi movie? I don't think this was. I think I actually watched this on, um, uh, actually, yes, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, through MGM Plus on Amazon Prime, which apparently MGM Plus is like a free thing that you can do as well. Um, I watched Injustice for All. Now, this is a movie that sort of has, has been on my... Uh, you know, in my my purview for for a while because you know it's uh it's Al Pacino. It's the seventies. This is a big movie. Um, this is actually the screen debut of one Jeffrey Tambor, who <laughs> we're gonna talk about him in a second. Uh, I I just knew that this was like you know sort of an important movie, whatever that means. It's like, you know, this is a, it's a cornerstone movie for the seventies, things like that. It's Norman Jewison. I'm a big fan of Norman Jewison. Um, you know, he, in the heat of the night, uh, is, is one of my uh, favorite films. Uh, this, 
postdates He the Night, I think, by 12 years. He the Night, I think, is 67. And this is 79. So we're at the tail end of the 70s. But man, uh, I, I believe in my uh, Letterboxd review, I put it as a sledgehammer of 70s weirdness. And that's the best way that I could describe this because the absurdity is heightened in this, in, in these situations. And mostly played for comedic effect, which is even its own bizarre thing. Um, and tone, and you know, if if you've never seen a, a, a Norman Jewison film, um, and I think I've only maybe seen like three, so I don't want to you know stand here and uh, you know be a future victim of, of stolen valor as this uh, all knowing person of, of the work of one Norman Jewison. But based on what I've seen with Norman Jewison, the director of Jesus Christ Superstar and Moonstruck. As Russ put up his IMDb page here, <laughs> uh, but the man, you know, he's he's worked he worked a long time. Also, we just lost him. Uh, I think like two weeks ago, uh, just passed away January twentieth of this year. Uh, just, happy trails. <laughs> why didn't Why didn't David say happy trails to Norman Jewison? He only likes real actors. Oh, bro, that's that's hurtful. Um. Anyway, <laughs> well, uh, yes, I was right. Uh, he was like sixty seven. Guys, I can't I can't explain to you how crazy and and just this movie's crazy. And it's and there are moments in here. How what's the runtime here? Uh it's two, two hours long. Yep. Boy, if you realize that the two hours of this runtime, there is a 10 minute, I'm gonna say it's at least 10 minute sequence. Of Jack Warden, we'll talk about Jack Warden in a second, uh, who plays a judge, flies Al Pacino in a helicopter. There is a 10-minute scene of them flying around in a helicopter, but it's all done like Benny Hill style because Al Pacino is terrified of helicopters. He's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And it's that weird like 70s helicopter where the whole front end is glass. It's like a giant glass bubble. And then... They crash because Jack Warden runs out of gas because he used to fly helicopters in World War II or whatever the fuck. And he's like, yeah, oh, is this is my halfway point. I, I know uh, I got halfway of fuel to get back. Maybe we'll get back to the base. Maybe we won't. <laughs> and then they land in the ocean and they just crash land in the, in the water. And he's like, right, you want lunch? Like that's the tone we have here. <laughs> Mixed in, the movie opens. In a prison, we're well, actually we're we're in jail. We're in city jail, New York City, baby. Randy's favorite place, <laughs> yeah. city jail, New York City. And we have a a, a transgender prostitute uh, come in, and uh, of course, you know, a lot of uh, cat calls around <laughs> there, and uh, things of that nature. Well. Al Pacino is in a holding cell himself, but he is an attorney, but he is in the holding cell because he punched a judge and come to find out that the transsexual hooker uh, <laughs> will be his uh, client later on in the film. Uh, she comes in uh, act two. Um, so many crazy things happen in this movie. Like a judge pulling a gun. That's the, that's the minimum. Jack, <laughs> so you're looking at, you're looking at Jack Warden. This I love Jack Warden, and uh, who doesn't? You know, um, 
this is he is playing like this Ernest Hemingway right. sort of um all is lost and I am the manliest man of all time sort of judge. Uh he flies helicopters. He 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 shot a gun off in the courtroom when the, when things were getting a little un, unruly. <laughs> so he shot his guns, everybody shut the fuck up. There's a scene the last part of the movie uh, where they're, they're about to start court wrestle and uh, the bailiff goes in to go and fetch the judge to tell him, all right, let's, let's, let's go and go. Well, the judge, Jack Warden is sitting on a toilet and he has a shotgun on the floor and the barrel in his mouth and he's trying to pull the trigger. And then the bailiff goes in and then he throws the shotgun on the floor. He's like, all right, let's go to court. <laughs> That's what we're doing. And I, I'm here for it. It's great. Is it a comedy? <sighs> I feel like the tone is it's, probably like it's bleak. It's not, and- though. It's very bleak. Okay, yeah. Because there is a, there's a shootout in a mental institution. <laughs> The transsexual hooker commits suicide. God. Because Jeffrey Tambor went crazy. Jeffrey Tambor plays uh, Al Pacino's partner. And he is this hot shot, hot shit lawyer. Um, and uh, But he broke because you know what happened? Uh, there Gambling. Was, there was a guy that uh, he got off. That guy. He jerked was, him off? So I'm trying to build. <laughs> I appreciate it. Three out of five okay, stars. He now I can only think about him jerking this game. <laughs> it seems like it would be in the movie, and then he kills himself. He came, and then he fucking went. He. That was good. That was he, good. Audience, where are you? Where are you? Okay. God. He was defending a guy. The guy was guilty of murder. Okay. He knew he was guilty, but he got him off because he's a good lawyer. Because he and he got him off on a technicality. So he was, you know, reminiscing with Al Pacino about that. He's like, You remember when I got that guy off? Yeah. He's like, Yeah, well, guess what? He killed again and he killed a child. <laughs> so the guy he got off killed a kid yeah. and Jeffrey Tamor broke. And then next thing we know, he shaved his head bald and then is in is in City Hall throwing plates. He he stole a giant tray of plates from the kitchen and is just throwing plates down this hallway. And uh, he had a mental break, so they didn't know how to stop him. Most of you know how they stopped Jeffrey Tambor from Shot throwing him? The plates. Well, there, our guy Jack Warden shows up. <laughs> he's got his briefcase and he tells Pacino, he's like, "You fall in line." He's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna protect myself with a suitcase." And they just they just ran him. <laughs> they just jumped him. Yeah, just used the uh, suitcase as a plate shield. Wow! Uh, this movie's incredible. The fucking IMDb photos have <laughs> the scene selection from the DVD. This is how fucking old this shit is. Uh, oh, I miss those, dude. That takes me back. Okay, uh, so how does Metallica come in here? Oh, that is the la- I I can't even explain to you the last scene in this movie. All right, well, don't try. I can't. I can't. It it ends on a crazy, funny note that's just wild and out of left left field because the, it it buttons up one of the more emotional courtroom scenes you're gonna see. That's it. <laughs> Russell pulls up the, <laughs> of Jack Warden with the shotgun in his mouth. That's a large. It looks like a long gun. It, it's a oh, yeah. big fucking. That's a big old gun. 
That's his problem. He should have sawed that bitch off. <laughs> oh no, that'd be. Also, yeah, he shoot. He just shoot his cheek out. Yeah, that's him landing in the water with the helicopter. You're distracting me. Okay, I'm sorry. This is this is a cinematic masterpiece. It reminded me of, remember when we worked at that warehouse and we had that security guard who had like five teeth? Yes. And you would, <laughs> what would you say to him? You're like, that's what happens when you chew on the barrel of a gun for breakfast. <laughs> that's what happens when you eat, when you eat gravel for cereal. Oh my God. Oh, he was so, I yeah. remember. And, I said, and next time, <laughs> next time you stick the gun in your mouth, don't chew on the barrel. <laughs> He uh we broke that guy. I remember one day he came in, he had a hat that said security, and he put a little post-it on it and put in. So it said insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. It okay. was so good. Sorry, this just reminded me of that. He felt like he could have been in this. But I have I haven't gotten to the main part of the story here. So the main part of the story, um, is Al Pacino, you know, I remember that the movie opens up with Al Pacino punching a, a judge. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that judge uh, ends up getting busted on a, uh, he gets charged with a rape case. Oh, he shit on somebody in a threesome? Yes. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, boy. watch the movie. But uh, so the judge gets caught in this rape case and guess who he hires as his attorney? Al Pacino. Oh, shit. And uh, no one believed it because they were like, that judge hates you. Why? Because he had power over it. Uh-huh. And so Pacino realizes the deeper and deeper he got into this case, he knew that he was guilty. And he knew that uh, he was screwed one way or another because this judge is a terrible person. And uh, and he was just getting burnt out and he was seeing his friend lose his mind and uh, he's just, you know, got a lot of, lots, you know, a lot, lot of stressors in his life. And uh, so he throws the judge under the bus. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what happens in the movie. <laughs> it's very good. I very much enjoyed this. Uh, and also, you know, you watch these movies and, you know, these, these it's just, you know, these New York seventies movies, like it's, it's, it's sort of, it's a, it's own genre, you know? And cause you, you have a lot of, thank you so much, Alex, <laughs> from the grave. I didn't even realize he was in here because it's a, you know, it's a lot of the same cast and, uh, you know, Lee Strasberg is in this. I, I love it when, you know, one of the greatest acting teachers of all time shows up. And of course, Lee Strasberg uh, played Ryan, uh, Hyman Roth and the Godfather part two, uh, as we all uh, and then, uh, yeah, who else was it? Russell, can you scroll down, please, a little bit? Uh, who else did I want to? Craig T. Nelson, yes, of course, uh, shows up. And then uh, Dominic Chianese. Um, Chianese. Who, of course, is um, uh, Uncle June, Uncle Junior from The Sopranos. Yeah, I heard he was such a hack. That's actually where calling a movie cheesy comes from. Watch your they're like, mouth. They're like, wow, that was really cheesy. It actually comes from Chianese. Chianese. I highly encourage everyone who is in this room <laughs> and everyone who is listening to watch Injustice for All from 1970. It's a hoot. You're not going to have a good time. Uh, you're going to laugh. You may cry. It's, it's wild. You're not going to be bored. I guarantee you that. Uh, 10 out of 12. <laughs> Fuck it. I love it. 
I recommend that y'all go on YouTube and listen to And Justice for Jason, where they turned up the bass in the Metallica track. All right. How did that go? It's good. Because they I- actually, that's when, um, you know, they got Jason Newstead as part of the band. They didn't really respect him. And they were uh, kind of, you know, because Cliff Burton, dude, he's, he's an icon. Yeah. And they're like, you're no Cliff Burton. So they just kind of like took him out of the mix. You could barely hear it. But, you know, since then, people have turned it up. Now, true or false, you named your son after Cliff Burton? Oh, yeah. All the day. And, uh, That's not how we feel about that. Cliff Burton and uh, Cliff Martinez, another good director. Oh, uh, yeah. Director. You know, because he teamed up with my boy, who's also colorblind. You know, I, I love the colorblinds. Yeah. You know, me and Ref and we hang out. Yeah. We're in the message boards together. You're the oversaturated duo. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to a, a new film, a contemporary film, as it were, from 2024. One man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on <laughs> national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as Beekeepers. Mm. Buzz, buzz, bitch. It's the Beekeeper. Honey. I, I don't think there was a scenario where I wasn't going to have a good time watching this movie. I just, I, 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 I feel like I'm in a good enough groove with what this man's doing. And you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Our Lord and Savior, Jason Statham. (laughs) I think he's just in a groove right now, man. And uh, it's great. Here's, here's, Here's why I enjoyed this movie. You know... When you watch these action movies and and any sort of, um, you know, thriller, uh, Russell's favorite words all, by the way, um, anytime you have these types of movies and and, and any sort of um, assassins or, uh, you know, uh, sort of, you know, ragtag group of uh, expendable soldiers, this sort of thing, um, and, and spy stuff, there's always some sort of you know, undercover element, some sort of, um, you know, hiding in the shadows, these sort of things. No, it, it, Jason Statham's just very good at what he does. There's, there's no pretense uh, for, you know, fake identities, things like that. He just shows up and tells you that he's going to kill you. And uh, now there's a couple scenarios where he does have to be a little sneaky snake. It's part of the job. Otherwise, he's just going to go into a place. It doesn't matter if there's 100 people there. There was there was 25 uh, FBI soldiers outside of the uh, of a building in, in Boston, and it was it was no sweat. He didn't break a sweat. Didn't break a sweat because he's a beekeeper. Now, gentlemen, I, I cannot stress to you how many times they make the connection between this this fake CIA side op that does not exist and bees i mean they talk about they make so many damn puns with the bees it's too much but it's not enough at the same time because it's all about you got to protect he's protecting the hive if they say protect the hive once they say it 500 times Good. it's all about protecting the hive um i'll set up the story for you um now the great felicia now if if there's anything that they did wrong in this movie. I will say 
that they did my girl Felicia Rashad incorrect. Now, Felicia Rashad, as we know, uh, is the mother from the Cosby show. All right. So, so show a little respect for America's mother because her husband did some naughty things that, uh, you know, she's not always going to know. All right. Anyway, love Felicia Rashad. Now, Randy, what happens is that Felicia Rashad has this uh, beautiful uh, estate um, out you know, in, in, in Massachusetts, in the, Bo- in the greater Boston area. They get a little shady with the details. We know we're in Massachusetts most of the time, and we're outside of Boston, okay? Quincy? Uh, no, I would say that you know, we're, we're in the country, Randy. We're in the country. Okay. Um, and uh, she's got a, a, a beautiful farm estate, beautiful farmhouse, and she rents that out to Jason Statham. With his little bees. He's the beekeeper on the estate, and he kind of keeps up and helps her, you know, run the farm. And uh, so she invites him out to, for, you know, come to the house, have some supper with me. So it's, it's nighttime. He comes to have some supper. Guess what he brings? He brings a jar of honey for her. He's a regular poo bear. He's a regular damn it's poo good bear. for allergies, local honey. <laughs> Randy, you've never said anything more factual in your life. He shows in the house. Guess what? Felicia Rashad is dead. <laughs> you know how she died? Uh, heart attack. No she, life alert. She Carrie Von Erich herself. Uh, which one is that? A gun to the heart? Gun to the heart. It's a weird choice. You know what? It's I'm going to really be honest. If I ever kill myself, <laughs> gun to the heart. No, because you're hoping for immediate no, no, because it, No, because it's, yeah, it's, no, that sends a message. You're not that poetic. No, I love it. No. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> Shot to shot to the heart. <laughs> you Bon Jovi playing? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's just gonna be on a loop. <laughs> Fucking dumb. Now, the reason why uh, Felicia Rashad Carrie Von Eric herself is uh, because she had all of her money that was stolen, and all of uh, she was a director of a um, non-for-profit for children. Uh, she had over two million dollars in that account. All gone. Now, Randy, here's here's one of the best things about this movie. Um, I would say a solid fifteen to twenty percent of this movie. Like, guys, you're not going to expect what I'm about to say come out of my mouth. It's coming out of my mouth. But a solid fifteen to twenty percent of this movie is a Wolf of Wall Street ripoff. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it is crazy. Long story short, guys, Josh Hutchinson, who's a Disney kid. He plays a little brat. Now, here's the thing. There's a major reveal in the movie. I don't want to reveal it. I feel like you're going to know what it is pretty early on in the movie because you guys are not idiots. And I figured it out. So if y'all can figure it out too. It's not that. But I'll leave it to you. You know, enjoy the movie. Go pay your $9. See the beekeeper. Have a good time. So I'll, I'll try to... Yo, tread lightly here, but Josh Hutcherson is involved. You know, he's he's uh, he's a nepo baby. Yeah, he runs a company because of his parents, and uh, there's some shady elements to this company, and a couple of those are basically um, you know identity and and fraud, theft, and things like that. And uh, he's running this scam where these offices are built like Wolf of Wall Street, where you have a guy in the center walking up and down the floor with a microphone telling people on the phones, you know, make more money and na 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 And they got giant screens all over the place. I've worked in call centers. This is a, this is a futuristic, non-existent 
uh, you know, neo-punk fucking call center, but it looks good on camera. <laughs> but these are not real places or real people. But it's really fun on film and uh, had a great time. And Jason Statham shows up there with two cans of gas, Russell. And then they, the gentleman woke up to him and they said, uh, sir, what are you doing here? And he's like, uh, this is a call center, yeah? Oh like, I don't know what you're talking about, sir, because they, you know, the FBI couldn't find these guys, but guess who did? The beekeepers. They're in the, they're, the CIA couldn't find them. They're in the CIA. Beekeepers. All right. CIA should have done it. FBI, DEI has hurt them. So I understand why Jason beat them all up. <laughs> yeah. So he came in there and he, <laughs> he burnt the place down. He, he judo shot. He's very athletic and the moves are very athletic. It's shot very well. Um, I've had my problems with David Iyer in the past. Uh, I know that he directed one of Russell's favorite fantasy films of all time uh, with William Smith, Bright. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I this... Can I... Can, all right, scroll up here. Uh, go down. All right, so, you know, uh, Bright, and then prior to the Fury... I got End my problems watch. Sabotage was a hunk of shit. Harsh Times, highly recommended. Still haven't seen Harsh Times, but I, uh, End of Watch is pretty good. And I, I don't like Trading Day. Uh, I, we can have that discussion later. But this may be his best movie. It's just fun. It's silly. It's stupid. But it's fun. And it goes places. You're like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. There's no rules. Great. I'm more interested now that I know it's that director. I'm not. Oh, I'm going to tell you, man. This is a tincture movie. Oh, my God. Get no. you get you a little Hell bit of that no. tincture and go to the moon, baby. I, I had some tincture last night, and I think I'm still recovering for it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there an apiary in the film? Is that what you call it? What? Where bees are? Apiary? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I'm a huge Please. X-Files fan. I loved it when they went there. There's plenty of bees. <laughs> There's plenty of honey. Also, the jar of honey is used later as a weapon. Um, very good. Yeah, you know. Violence is, I mean, yeah, everything. everything's, you know. All I've heard good. is great things about this movie, but Jason Statham is not my favorite. I love him. I Why? think uh, because his look is too much like Bruce Willis. And if he was like jacked, if he was roided up, I'd be in. He's not though. But see, that's why I like him though. He's kind of like know? an MMA. I action need, guy. I need, I need fun. my action guys to be a little unsuspecting. Now, if he had a bigger beard, I'm not digging the beard in this movie either. Oh, brother, he he's great. Because that's the other thing is like the whole, you know, theme of this movie is, uh, you know, avengement. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, retribution. Who who can't uh, get behind that? You know, I would like to. A, a little, it's, it, you know, payback. The aesthetic of their action hero is just not to my liking. There's no way you couldn't be on board for this if you watch this. He's wearing a suit. He's shooting guns. This has got. It's a. It, this is. It. You know what? I was gonna say ten out of twelve. I rated it four out of five on Letterboxd, but fuck that. It's getting the overlook bump. Eleven <laughs> out of twelve. <laughs> Only reason because okay. I didn't want Felicia Rashad to carry Von Eric here. What kind of watch does he wear in the movie? Um, did I notice that? Oh, if you didn't. I don't think he was wearing one. Oh, whoa, really? Yeah. All right, I'm in. I'll watch it. 
I'm out. <laughs> Randy needed the watch. Randy, without the watch, Randy, this is a this is a good movie. Yeah, it's objectively fun. Randy doesn't like fun. Look at him. He just watched an eight-hour drama, dude. But look at him take out that whole team. DEI. Go look it up. It's uh, ruined the FBI. Now they're getting beat up by a beekeeper. Jason Statham's the best. Or an apiculturist? Is that what you call him? Apiculturist? Jeremy Irons is very good in this. He takes this very seriously. Who doesn't like Jeremy Irons? You want to talk about a good pipes. I'm more of a Jeremy Steele type of guy. Jeremy Irons has got some good pipes, brother. Okay. You know, he's Scar. Ooh. From The Lion King. Oh, I thought the face. Scar had the best song. Lion King's a good movie. Randy, how, do you, how many it. stars you rate The Lion King? Seven. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong yeah, with you? Dude, I, I don't can know. Feel I haven't it. seen it in like two decades. <laughs> Lion King's a 12 star movie, you idiot. I love that. Sure. No, he's not a big, uh, what is it? Macbeth? No. Which one is it? I don't know. I don't know. He's not a Shakespeare, Shakespeare guy. Either. Hamlet. That's what it Hamlet. is. Hamlet. Hamlet next. He's more of a Hamilton, if you know what I mean. Oh, God. Still haven't seen it. Don't. <laughs> Hold strong, brother. Hold strong. All right. I hand My turn? to you, sir. All right. Uh, I don't know what you were talking about, but actually, you know, it might have been um, the beard that I have an issue with, right? Jason's beard. Why? It reminded me of something. It's and, like a beehive. I don't like it. I rem- it reminded me of something me and Terrell were watching this Friday called Caught in the Act Unfaithful. AKA, or as I like to call it, cheaters meets catfish. Uh, I love the two cheaters. worst things ever. I love cheaters, and I um, I'm 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 love hate with catfish. Cheaters to me always had the uh, you know the the voyeur in me could you could feel that that show was 90% real and i know joey greco's been out there like oh i can't confirm nor deny which is always like no i'm sure there's a bunch of production greco's gonna greco dude yeah i love greco and here's the thing fucking cheaters Oksana, is he next week yeah we should try and book him we could talk about the house to drip blood we could get greco dude all right let's do it then. yeah i love i love dude i'm a huge cheaters fan and I, I do really think the in-world camera thing plays into it. So when Terrell said there's a new Cheaters, I'm like, we got to watch it. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too into this. I just kind of want to say, I think Terrell got mad at me. We watched four episodes. And for the first three, I was like, do you think this is fake? <laughs> I couldn't. I, it was so important to me that it is not mostly fake. By the fourth episode... I'm like, okay, this one wasn't fake. But they had a different tone, and I hope I hope you just stay the course. Like, keep it real. It is a little overproduced for my taste, but uh, Caught in the Act, Unfaithful, it's on MTV. I actually didn't want to bring that up, but there's a doctor. The host has a doctor there, and they try to do the thing in Cheaters where they're like, we're going to give you an opportunity to change your life. This isn't about the conflict when it was about the conflict. That's why they give them hidden cameras and shit. In this one, the doctor will show up and analyze them and offer advice he had one of the most horrendous beards ever mm. too manicured and terrell pointed it out and i couldn't unsee it it looked like um there were little like you know when you have glasses on your face the thing you put over the ear the little like leg thing his beard had that and it went around the curve of his ear and terrell pointed that out and i could not unsee it and it looked fucking i hated it i have to mention those 
I was with my friend Neil. He came over here. Breen? My friend Neil Breen. He flew out. <laughs> Y'all were kicking it? To go uh, taste a limited beer so we could stand in line for a few hours to go taste this beer together. But uh, we went to uh, Francis Ford Coppola's winery. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one of the um, servers, uh, you know, people employed by the winery <laughs> uh, serving uh, the flight, uh, this guy, his eyebrows. Oh, no. Dude, they, they, he did a pencil, he did a, a, a mustache twirl with his eyebrows. The end of his eyebrows were so long they twirled. Like, were they waxed? They probably uh, were, right? They maybe have been a little waxed. All right. I mean, <laughs> that's your shit, dude. Wild. I, I hit a different level that day in life. I didn't think uh, no. did I, leave I, a I good tip? I never saw nothing like that in my life. What was the tip? You know, I'm only leave tip. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd expect it. All right, we got four. God, and I put down dumb notes here. Also, I did have one question about this show. Yeah. MTV still a thing? Yeah. Okay. They, they bought Drag Race. Like, dude, they're making moves out there. But yeah, cable's dead. It's a weird medium. And if I'm honest, we didn't watch it on MTV. We uh we got it. We procured it off the dark web, and we put it on the dump drive, and we projected it. WWE's moving to Netflix. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, weird. Don't they have a like big Paramount deal though? No. In 2025, they're moving to Netflix. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I wondered. That's got to be like a Triple H move. Yep. Because you know I've been five billion dollar deal. I've been joking about it, but you know when you shit on somebody's head in a threesome. You can only think of one man, and that's McMahon. Uh, R-I-P-T-K-O. I, I know that there's a lot of weird acronyms, but yeah, he stepped down, and he did uh, poop on a girl's head during a threesome and then went and took a shower, but insisted that she continue the act of loving his friend. Well, you know, <laughs> perspective. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Like, you got to have a good time. It's like yeah. watching the beekeeper. It's all fun. That's right. Jason Statham would be a good uh, <laughs> McMahon, McMahon in a movie. Yeah. He could pull McMahon off. All right. You pull he him would. off. You keep saying things like that. <laughs> All right. So last week I almost got into the Jasadi double feature. Again, I was working with Jasadi for a weekend and I had this day that I felt incredibly guilty. I knew Oksana was home with the baby and I was out there kicking it with my boy, East Bay cinematographer, Jasadi Perkins. He took me to lunch. I found a new uh, you game eat? store. I can't remember. It was a uh, type of Latin food. It was fantastic. It was okay. a sandwich. Okay. Peruvian? No. Okay. I can't remember. It was fancy. I didn't want to say nothing. I'm like, okay. oh, okay. And then uh, we went home. Well, fancy for you is something not in a wrapper. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> not frozen is yeah. fancy for me. Uh, actually, if there's the temperature is a little hot, then I'm a, I'm a very happy. I'm a happy date. I was very happy with that food. And then we went back to his house and watched two movies. Although it wasn't planned. I'm making it sound like we had a game plan. We didn't. I did what any cinema fan would do, especially of the adventuring variety. I uh, texted Robbie Smith. I said, Robbie, help me out, dude. I need movies right now. We got time, but I can't burn it. Like, we're pretty tight. I could get two in. You're in a pinch and you need your boy to pull you through. Exactly. And he recommended something uh, earlier that he brought back up. 
he said, well, did you ever check out Skin Flicker? Skin Flicker from Skin Flicker. 1973. It is a 44-minute movie. Oh. Uh, and let me, here, I'll just read from IMDb. Presented as a found footage a la The Blair Witch Project, this chilling and provocative fake home movie presents the story of three dissidents and their plan to commit a revolutionary act on film. Okay. Will Knightley plays one of the gorillas who kidnaps and tortures a cabinet minister. So three people armed with a eight millimeter camera and a 16 millimeter camera. Gorillas with a U or an O? Gorillas with a U. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. No, they, um, they kidnap a politician. And basically this plays out like a fucking manifesto where they're talking, they're saying, you know, they're all regular people and they're fed up. So they're going to do something. Um, the movie, it's, it's from, you know, the other side of the pond. And it's almost like the vibe when I started it, it almost felt like it was going to be fun. And it's not, it's, it's a, it's a bleak, it's found footage. It, and here's, so the context of the film, it opens up and it says, you're watching this because you're training for a government position. And this is part of your training to look at real brutal footage. And you just have to like, you have to get used to this shit. I thought that was a fantastic way to open a film like this and give context. So we're being given, you know, we're getting to look at uh, footage that their government has hidden and they gave us a reason. So we get to be transformative. We're, we're, we're enlisted. They hope it's it. It's this is what we need for our FBI. So the beekeepers aren't beating them up like that. We need to show them fucking political snuff films. And we, we hang out with some characters. They express why they're mad. They talk to another dude. They're, they feel a little like maybe they're not going to do anything. And then we ride with them in a completely silent, uh, what feels like a vignette. We're in a car and they're driving to a, a mansion and there's a family playing outside. And uh, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, they they take a hostage. Oh no! And the movie is bleak. There's something about it being British, though, that you're like, is this like a, like just a dark comedy? Like it feels very man bites dog, but there's no jokes. And at a 44 minute runtime, man, it really emphasizes that when you break that traditional three act structure, and we're not in here for 90 minutes, it really I don't know. There's just like a kinetic energy. Like, you, you'd never know when it's going to end. You don't know what the pace is going to be. And it goes there. There's some... It, it's not graphic by today's standard. I mean, we're living in a, uh, I don't know, post-Serbian film wor world. Like, we had fucking Charlotte Net as a conversation on here. This movie, it's not an easy watch. And I watch it with Jasadi. It's funny. Jasadi famously not phased by the snuff film Charlotte's Net. But every now and then I watch something with him. He's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, this is fucking with you? Like what? Like real people dying doesn't do anything but that? Like somebody barfing? Yeah, well, you know, everybody's got their own thing. I know. Thing. And it's why I love him. Um, so yeah, Skin Flicker. If you want to check it out. I'm a skin I made flicker. a note. You can get a free trial of, uh, what is it? Like BFI? Yep. Yeah, uh, BFI player. Yeah, BFI player. You could do a, a week trial. That's also, a rapper name if I ever heard one. It's the British <laughs> Film Institute, and you can do it through Amazon Prime. No, it's your boy, BFI player. Um, here's a warning. If you do the free trial, you might end up like Jasadi and start realizing they got a they got a banger catalog on there. So um, you may end up with a new subscription. That's BFI player, 
Skin Flicker, 1973. It's a very early in-world camera movie. Mm-hmm. I uh, highly recommend it. How many? Oh, well, how much do you recommend it out of 12 stars? Um, I'm trying to be consistent. I know Randy's probably got my letterbox pulled up. He's He's got the conversion table <laughs> on the wall. Go. And if I don't nail this... Lab coat is on, dude. I for, the, think, for the record, I've never seen any of the documents that Sam has procured for us. Oh, what? I've done it everything in my on... head whenever you've asked. <laughs> it must have been lost in the mail. We sent you a laminated poster. Okay, we'll, we'll get another one out to you. I only check my mail like once a month. <laughs> That's problematic, Randy. That's where all the emails are. That's why. That's why we don't have any. Yeah, you that's why you got off. dead birds come at you. <laughs> True. Good movie. Um, because they write you letters and you don't read them. <laughs> I think for this one, I went either like eight or nine. But you know what? Ah, God, it's aging well. Like I want to own it. I I need this one in the collection. So honestly, probably a ten. But don't uh don't be too critical on my letterbox review, which is probably lower. I think I gave it a three and a half on there. Um. As a second part of my Jasadi uh, date day, when we were hanging out, just enjoying each other's company, we watched another movie. And the way we found this movie was I texted Robbie again. I said, you're one for one. Do you have another one? We don't have 90 minutes, so it's got to be. And I gave him like pretty strict parameters. Immediately came back with the thing that makes me so happy more than anything else. A YouTube link to a full movie. Oh, boy. And I am uh, I'm talking about Cyclops from 1987, a 52-minute movie. Uh, I'll read from IMDb. A bizarre medical ex- exam of a nude woman by several doctors and scientists revealed that their latest subject has committed suicide before giving birth to one of the mutant creatures they had placed within her body. So an investigation, an investigative crew of scientists, along with a large human... Hold on as we expand. Ew. A large human mutant cyclops creature head out to the city streets to obtain a new donor slash victim in the form of a young girl. Gore and Z-grade mayhem ensue. Thank you, The Chopper, for... <laughs> uh, no, no, no. The Chooper. The Chooper. Oh, I'm sorry. The Chooper. <laughs> the, oh, wow. What the... F- Anybody can just include their breakdown, I guess, on IMDb. Well, yeah, but that's, we're, we're talking about The Chooper right now, so that's what it's fine. Um, directed by... Um, Unpronounceable. This uh, Joji Ida. God, yeah, damn it, you nailed that. That's Good easy. Jo- you're good. That's easy. Joji, look at all the accent marks. Did anyone? Oh, those well, are I mean, I'm J- American. I don't. Like, I ignore <laughs> those. I'm running reds. Those, babe. Here's the thing. This movie, um, it's called Cyclops, and you're like, no way is there going to be a one-eyed creature in here. Well, I was wrong. Also, uh, um, immediate nudity, which is always, you know, we, we used to Ooh, talk what about flavor, uh, woman, you'd be happy. Oh, uh, what? I mean, you know, what parts? Okay. Well, no, you would dig it because so, uh, the scene that this movie opens up with is that there's a group of, uh, what feel like FBI agents following a couple of girls. The girls are joking around. They're talking about a date and, uh, there's a beautiful little editing moment where we just get a flash of all the people in the car really quick. And we don't know where they are. So you're just like, fuck, they're somewhere out there. Uh, Bada bing, bada boom. One of them gets abducted. Oh boy. We end up in a Frankenstein lab that feels like it's, uh, you know, in the middle of a fucking corporate building. Uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein lab. And uh, there's a nude girl on a table. And there are several doctors that are like, is this the right girl? And they're like, has she not mutated at all? And this is when you learn, oh, this is the fucking sci-fi movie. 
Like I thought it was going to be a horror film. Oh, it's a horror film. Stick around to that third act. But uh, the girl's naked. She unfortunately wakes up. The anesthesia uh, didn't hold. We later learned that this happens at like one in a hundred. Unfortunately for her, she saw too much and had to be killed. Oh, no. But before that, she was laying naked on a um, slab and uh, one of the doctors was groping her. It felt very Clark Little uh, Q-Zone. Was it the Dr. Cosby? It actually looked like an assistant, which was more oh. interior. It, yeah, it's like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Oh, what are you doing groping this Doctor's girl? assistant, Cosby. Um, this movie feels like, I'm not sure what the relationship is, but it came out before the Akira anime, but after the manga. And it feels heavily influenced by it. This is one of those genre films that hints at a large world and their own lore, and we barely get to explore it. It's under an hour because it was made for TV. Just feel anything, anything. I'm just, all I know is what you told me, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at this poster right now. So I'm going to pose this question to you only because, you know, my references points are what my references points are. This anything to do like uh, Tetsuo. The Iron Man? That's correct. That's uh, you know, it feels a little bit like high gore in a low budget. But it doesn't, it's not on that vibe. Tetsuo is its gore own. in a low budget. <laughs> yeah, Tetsuo Iron Man's got its own aesthetic. And this yeah. feels more like um, Cronenbergian. They've got other priorities other than the crazy aesthetic? Well, it's kind of, they're very dreams for dead cats. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're making it work. They're DIY. This looks like they had money. And it's kind of shocking. Dude, look, there's a reveal where somebody's face rips off. Oh, that's cool. It's fucking cool. And a lot of this, the practical effects at the end, there's a showdown kind of in an elevator. It's fucking, it's gnarly. It's very Akira. Can I, can I be my first tattoo? That's that, cool. that would be a chore. <laughs> if you brought that yeah. picture to a tattoo, they'd be like, what do you want me to do with this? Where should I put that? My inner thigh? Armpit. Right next to my little wainer. Yeah, Cyclops, 1987. You know, if you're in the Discord, I'm probably going to throw a link to most of the movies I'm talking about because they're all available for free. But um, this one, there is another version on YouTube. Don't watch that one. It's not as good. Uh, so if you need direction there, I can send you a link. Um, next you, up. For the people. I've got, what do I want to talk about next? Um, I got an, another movie I watched on, I believe it was Tuesday night. After our episode with Madeline aired and we were all musing about what kind of wrestling movie we would like. And plus we were, you know, ruminating in the success of that, of that episode. Yeah, we were really living in it. Yeah. And I got a DM uh, from a longtime listener, first time caller <laughs> who uh, said, hey, big fan. Uh, Y'all were talking about wrestling movies and I think I have one that uh, is pretty much what I described. I believe I wanted a meandering drama about a, a group of people that do backyard wrestling. And uh, I, I wanted the tone to be kind of like kids or like some Larry Clark shit. Like, you know, I want to see the ugly side of the picket fences. Right. So you I love uh, your Larry Clark got a DM and a link to another YouTube movie to a film called bone barrel. Bone now barrel. Uh, bone barrel read from IMDb. Oh God. It's in an extra long one. Let me open it up. Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> The Bone Barrel crew are going to break backs and bottles while trying to figure out what they are doing with their lives. The dynamic duo of Mike and Jordan are thinking about their future while the walking hurricane, Ben, can't cope with being left behind. Um, David M. Dawson. Who is the director? 
Hey. And who I did not realize DM'd me this movie. Hey. And uh, normally, you know, normally I get a red flag whenever somebody's like, hey, I got a thing you might like. And it's their thing. Oh, a green flag. That's not green. That's green. That's green. He has a green flag on him. What color did you think it was? Red. No, you're lying. It's now. red on the other one. It's red on the. That's uh, green. It's red on the green and the black okay. shirt. <laughs> and so, so normally it's a red flag when you uh, when you uh, crawl into my DMs and show me your movie. Well, that's that's green for sure. It's definitely <laughs> green. But when you're completely right, like honestly, it felt like I willed this movie into existence. It's exactly what I wanted. And um, it's on YouTube. And do you know how giddy I got when I noticed it had only been watched 170 times? Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're playing with fire right now. Yeah, I love it. This is your cue zone, baby. Um, Bone Barrel. Uh, I mean, so this is exactly what I wanted. And, you know, in my head, I had a very clear picture. Um, things I did not expect. A lot of Fago in this movie. You know, when you were talking, I, I was always expecting Florida. It could be Florida. Yeah. But I mean, my reference was Modesto. That's a good one. Yeah. That's I have a good one. The documentary, The Backyard, is that. Not going to dispute it. And here's the thing. The Backyard is a particularly weird fantasy because these motherfuckers had a ring. They built a ring. And it was kind of this like grand white trash monument to wrestling. Yeah. Where in this movie, they don't have a ring. In fact, they just got a blue tarp on the floor, which honestly feels oh, a lot more man. realistic. Yeah. But here's the thing. Now, this crew, they feel like they do not. And I mean, I again, the name Lord Battle came from my backyard wrestling days, right? So I know. I've been in the trenches. There's a particular... What do you mean your backyard wrestling days? Dude, Lord Battle was my name at Roundtable Wrestling. That was my character, Lord Battle. That's where that came from. Give me a little taste of what wrestling went on. I'll just tell you, my finisher was the Samoan drop. And uh, I did that to a couple of people and they were not, you know, the thing about the Samoan drop is you can feel fine fully executing that move. I used to want to do a DDT. If you ever tried to really DDT somebody, they just fall on you. Yeah. Like they really have to be working with you. Give them that RKO, dude. dude. That's a good one. But here's the thing. If you're all drunk and you're not actually uh, wrestlers, <laughs> you got to be careful. You might not want to throw a pile driver. Happened yeah. to me. I felt bones in my spine crack. That I was sure. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to feel half my body now. Yeah. And then, oh, no, I was good. But uh, it's it's scary. And that's the vibe I was getting when they were fighting. Again, one take. There'd be long takes of them like wrestling on a tarp on the ground. And you can feel that hesitancy when you're like, I'm going to throw an elbow drop, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit careful here. Yeah. And it, it rang true to me. And immediately I'm like, cinematically though, this is not the Iron Claw. Where that movie kind of heightens the, the fantasy and makes everything feel real. Like, like it's an action movie. Where here you're looking at it and you're like, no, this reads like it's fucking real. Um, Bone Barrel is one of the characters. He's the one who's the best at the backyard. He's the king of the backyard. So wrestling. Bone Barrel is the, the titular character. No, he's actually not the one we follow most of the time. But there is a but character he is titular. Yeah, he is titular. Yeah, yeah. He's titular. But he's not the protagonist. He got titties. No, he's the, titty, a, titular he's the most in shape. And this is where his desire to not give this up. What's his finisher? Feels real. Actually, I don't know. Uh, probably a weapon. Because backyard wrestling, <laughs> you know what I mean? You hit people with everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, again, um, I really like this movie. I recommend. This sounds interesting to you. 
to even if it doesn't go fucking on YouTube and flood this thing. And if you go there and you heard it from the show, go ahead and leave a comment. Say the Overlook Hour sent me. It's going to be our new thing. It's our new call to arms. So if none of you do it, but the view count goes up, I'm going to know. And Randy, he's good at hacking. He's going to find out where you live, and we're going to send you a 12-star poster. Yeah, he's got tour, bitch. Dude, he does. Heard of it? So I highly recommend people go check this thing out. It's an hour long again, and uh, we got to talk about that ending. That's I, I put that out there. So watch it and then DM me. How many stars? Oh, I gave it five on, on Letterboxd. I'm like, Which fuck it. translates to? To 12, baby. Thank you so much. I, um... It felt like I conjured this movie out of the ether. So I'm like, what? I'm, I'm going to get critical here? No, it was made for me. Well, see, you know, this is this shows the positive sides of the simulation theory. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Where good things can happen. Yeah. All right? So thank you for sending that to I'm me, I'm pro-simulation. All right. Um, Bone Barrel. I'm just kidding. Randy, cut that out. <laughs> Bone Barrel, go check it out. And everybody comment. I mean it. That sounds it, dope. It helps. Um, I'm going to watch it. You should. Well, I have to. Final, final film that I will be talking it's about. It's the final picture. I was thinking, I again, I couldn't remember any movie I watched. And then it, they started coming back to me. I'm like, you know what? I really... Coming back uh, to me. I wanted to do one. I had to be good. Oksana went to bed a little bit early like a responsible person last night. Um, it was 1 a.m. It was 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, I started the movie I'm about to talk about, I believe it was 1.30 a.m. And I'm like, well, it's only an hour long. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's only 80 minutes long. <laughs> Actually, I think it's 72 minutes long. And uh, I'm like, fuck it. Let's just do it. I'm going to talk about something cool. So I did what I always do. I turned to Robbie Smith, who in our Discord put up a link to a film called A Self-Induced Hallucination. <laughs> it's about the internet. And it's quite strange, reads oh. IMDb. Oh. Uh, do you know this director? Uh, I think I do, maybe. You've definitely seen their other yep, movie. Yep, 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 yep. I know exactly who that is. Yeah. So from the director of We're All Going to the World Fair comes a YouTube documentary. Now, I know. Oh, it's a documentary. Well, I would say that it's an expression of a modern editor. All right, where is this available? Uh, funny you should ask. Oh, thank you so much. Now, it's a YouTube documentary, yes. so you'd think YouTube. You know, one would think. Uh, you would think, right? It's the normal assumption, yet, that the whole documentary is actually built out of YouTube videos. Oh, much like Penny Lane's yep. movie Go entitled ahead. something <laughs> it's about, called The Pain of Others. There you go. It's about Magellan's, right? The conspiracy uh, of worms in your body? I think so. Yeah, a little little fibers, tiny fibers, or little fibers. If you're an old school Uff fan, uh, the Road movie is is it's very similar to construction as the Road movie, but the Road Dimitri. movie, yeah, Dimitri. Remember when Russia tapped our Kolodnikov or something? That's close. Oksana, can he get by with that? I don't remember. You remember, when, <laughs> you remember when we were talking to him and we mentioned the Kremlin and then we lost yeah. connection for ten seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's like that. It's all pulled. Like, again, there's a little bit of an intro. I don't think it's enough to count. Um, we don't ever hear the voice of the creator. We just get clips lined up. And I think, it, in one way, I think people could see this as being anti-cinematic, especially because it's built from YouTube. 
But I, man, I loved it. I, I love these expressions. And again, I, I know you asked, where can you watch it? Uh, on YouTube. I'm joking. Actually, on Vimeo. And I think the link is hidden. So is it on, is it Vimeo? It's Vimeo. Okay. And here's the thing. When I tried to look it up, there's, uh, there's a account on Vimeo called The Eye Slicer. Oh, Again, yes. a callback to Unshandalu, I'm sure. But when I tried to pull it up on my Xbox. Randy, that's the Pixies. Yeah, God. <laughs> when I tried to pull it up on my Xbox and I went to their account, to their videos, it crashed the app every time. So I had to hook up the laptop to the projector and I had to go in Discord to get a link. Ew, oh, man. I, brother, like, I, I feel your pain. I hate it. I'm like, fuck, it's I have so the Vimeo app. This is so what. stupid. Again, uh, a little behind the curtain here. The only stock I've ever bought in my life on Robinhood. Yeah. Vimeo. And GameStop. And it fucking tanked. God damn it. Why Wimp. did you buy Vimeo? Because <laughs> I, I thought it was supporting artists. And then what? We had <laughs> we a... Who was it? Was it Riley that came on the show and fucking went on a fucking tangent about Riley Keough? Yeah, Elvis's granddaughter. No. Yeah, no. Uh, who was it? Somebody on here. I can't remember, but they were like, "Yeah, Vimeo Annie fucked Hardy. everybody." <laughs> yeah, it could have been, but no, I don't think she's got any stock in Vimeo. Anyway, self-induced hallucination. We open up, and we're just we're dealing with Slenderman here. Okay. The whole thing's about Slenderman. Well, 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 Mr. Burying the Lead. I know. See what I did there? Now, you shambled our ass. The movie opens up talking about Slenderman and kind of the. So, Randy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Randy's a little too short. But Did you ever. I'm so sorry, Randy. Did you ever see. Uh, it was this past Halloween where uh, Victor Yamanwamba. Don't make me spell that. Uh, he is at like a seven foot three center for the. Uh, you showed me. Yeah. He, he's Slenderman. That was wild. Yeah. So honestly, that's the type of thing that might have made it into this movie. It's not a highlight reel. There's a strong narrative here. And it's kind of the beautiful thing we like uh, where it's kind of putting a beginning and an end kind of an end on a Internet phenomenon. And it navigates the story really well. So we open up with the origins and we talk about something awful and how Slenderman appeared. And then we pivot into the uh, 12-year-old girls who stabbed their friend. Yeah. And I, she made it out. Did you ever watch that documentary? I didn't. I tried to and I, th I lost interest. Well, it pops up in here. Okay. And the, this, the narrative here or maybe I did is it. kind of navigating creepypasta the internet, how people who have a lot of fun with an idea create rap battles. So they have, you know, one of the videos we watch is Slenderman versus uh, Jeff the Killer in a rap battle. They smoke tuca? No, they don't. Uh, theirs is uh, very dorky. It's a uh, very, uh, very white, if I'm going to go ahead and use uh, skin tone as an adjective. So white and nerdy. Dude. But here's the thing. We're all over the place. So when we get like true crime channels that are like, you know, they have the security camera in the room where they're interrogating a 12-year-old. We get all this different media with no, there's context, but there's no, like, hand-holding. So you're completely free to make your own judgment here. And we move through, we start from the origins, we move into the actual um, attempted murder, into people who have conspiracies about why Slenderman is popular and who's behind it and what it actually means and what it's doing to children. And then we move into the HBO documentary and how the culture found it to be exploitive 
or, you, you know, like we just navigate culture. And I think we end up in really interesting territory. By the time the, the Hollywood movie makes an appearance, we've, it's already so well-tread that I feel like it was one of the best arguments for like, there's so much baggage here and you're bringing this movie to theaters and you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And again, this movie doesn't make that claim, but just the journey, you have to come to your own conclusion with this stuff. And um, well, it's about the journey, not the destination. Exactly. And I feel like I um, have a broader respect for Slenderman after having watched this. And my favorite thing here is that we have a mix of like news media. We have a lot of vlogs. Uh, there's a beautiful shot where there are nine different screens on, um, on a one screen. And they're all people reacting to the Slenderman trailer. And, you know, you can take what you want from that. Like, you could be like, oh, this is a utility thing to kind of just give the scope of the internet. Like, fuck, they made a movie from our thing. Or you could look at it and be like, all of these fucking reaction videos are exactly the same. Like, the audio isn't, like, locked to one. It's all happening. But at the same moment, all of them are quiet. At the same moment, they're all like, oh. Like, there's so much to pull from this movie. Also, it's interesting some of the fucking vlog she pulls. There's one lady. She's a very pretty girl. And she's with her friend. They're talking about Slenderman. So, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, quick question. So, the, the, do we go back to a lot of the same sources or? Every now and then. It's okay. not, there's no like, it's not so overwrought that there's like a through line video. Okay. We're mostly jumping time, but there are a couple of returning people. And the, the impact is so great. And actually, the one I'm talking about, there's a little bit of a return because the story grows. And Is there a central narrative? Slenderman. Okay. We just kind of move through the cultural phenomenon. Like, it's a very zoomed out view. So, But there's not an interview with Slenderman. No, there's no talking heads here. It's all people. None of the... You're really hoping for that Slenderman. At, well, I mean, there is... Yeah, there is, but you know, it's people doing parody or oh, so. So they got Conan O'Brien. No, Conan does not make an appearance. <laughs> and I was wondering that the whole time because I'm like, the other thing is Slenderman's kind of still early internet. Yeah. So a lot of the video quality is low. Like it's before everybody had a high an HD Diplo webcam and, and Diplo. Yeah. And I'm like, are all these videos just unknown? And that's how she made it. And then you at the end, much like the road movie you get the name of every video and the view count. And it's like, no, these are in like 10 million, That's great, 9 yeah. million. And then you get a couple that are like a hundred. Did Penny Lane do that? The oh, view count? I don't know. She pulled from like only a couple. So, you yeah, know, because that was, that was more of a central narrative, I think, with her. Yeah. Because we followed like the yep, same people. There was like three people yeah, that right. we kind of popped into. Yeah. This one is the complete opposite of okay. that. It feels very mixed. But we do get like the whole bibliography. Yeah. Like you'll get, you'll get a dork who's just like, yeah, you know what? Slenderman's fake. And I know, I know y'all think he's real, but let's just talk about it. And you know, it's like a dude laying on his bed with his camera on his stomach. And then you'll hard cut to like a news organization that's never heard of Slenderman. And yeah. they're like, we have a new breaking case. And it's like, if you like mixed media, this is it. It's beautiful. And then you'll get somebody who made a rap battle. But the vlogs, there's one, there's a pretty girl, she's talking, and then somebody talks off camera and she gets her on camera and they're friends. And she's like, can you get me off camera? Like all the hallmarks are just like real. 
And then it's revealed she's talking about Slenderman, and she's like, "Yeah, my boyfriend's fucking obsessed with him." And it's weird. You're like, "Oh, okay. I didn't expect this to go yeah, that direction." He's gay for Slenderman. Well, here's the thing: they talk about marble hornets and all these like you know people tried to make serious content out of a, a creature, and they part of the thing is they all pretend to be real. So when you watch these vlogs, you're like, is this part of a show? Is this a real thing? And that one, you know, we returned to her a couple of times and they're short. But uh, I think her boyfriend was really obsessed with Slenderman. And it, it kind of, that was one of the things that kinda left Kind of like me. you're obsessed with Gothic King Cobra. Oh, much worse. Like much worse. <laughs> I don't know, Oksana. Let's go straight <laughs> to the source. Well, remember, Oksana didn't get to watch this. so Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I will say the hallmark of a great horror film, which you might be thinking this ain't a horror film. Well, when I turned it off at 2.30 in the morning, I um, was walking around turning off the lights in the house and I started freaking out. Yeah. It was that thing. Uh, was this a post-tincture? Yeah, but I honestly... Was yeah, the tinct tincture, man. I was thinking the tincture didn't help. I was like, dude, oh, the tincture it. helps one way or another. Yeah, I think the it might. The tincture helps. But dude, I was turning off the shit and it's that thing. You know, if you're in your bed and your door like swings open slowly, not quickly, because that would be a different scariness. You can, you know, there's a handshake in your head and you're like, am I going to shake hands with fear? Am I going to start <laughs> speculating on what moved that door? Or am I just going to ignore it and not think about it? Shake hands with beef, Primus. Last night, I I made that handshake and I, I was questioning everything. I'm like, what if the front door isn't locked? I love it. And I'm like, should I walk over there? Should I turn on a light? And it's like, what if I see something that I didn't want to see with the light off? Like I, I was completely gone. Go meet the devil and slap that bitch in the face. <laughs> I uh, literally got in the room. I was terrified that I was going to wake up the baby. Got in bed and I went, fuck, I should have locked the door. And I'm like, why? I haven't locked the fucking door in forever. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but tonight would be the night that I would need to lock it. Yep. And again, I think that feeds into we're all going to the World Fair. There's a haunting atmosphere here and we're just watching YouTube. It seems like, you know, I mean, Look, with everything, especially with documentaries, uh, editing is uh, paramount. But, you know, in this, when you have a documentary that's, you know, based upon, you know, curation, um, I think that's it's very interesting. So, you know, was there sort of a theme to how everything was kind of cut together? Was there a flow? Honestly, I don't think so. Okay. I... Every, every new, it was, it almost gives you the vibe of an anthology film where you're like, I don't know what's coming up. And I mean, Slenderman's so culturally huge that you might be like, like, there's a moment where you think this might all be about the true crime. And, you know, that would be fair. I think a more traditional documentary might linger there for a long time. Oh, cranberries. But this does a really good job of painting a broad picture of the internet and like, I think the overall point, and again, there's there's no reason. This is just me projecting. I think it's about children on the internet. And just uh, in a modern culture where there's not a lot of religion, we tend to put a lot of weight into shit. And I think they tie it up at the end. Like, you can get a director's uh, opinion out of this, but you you really, it's not very clear. I have, I really, really like this. 12 stars. 
I gotta review it. I gotta Maybe put it on that. Twelve stars. I man, I Russell's fuck with Jane. Feeling generous Dude. in January. I love it. I mean, there's what is more my shit than the fucking curation uh, of YouTube. If I had honestly rappers. watch this movie and just fucking contemplate how long something like this might take to make. Right? Yeah, no, for sure. God. Yeah. You could you could dump years of your life trying to like gather the best footage to represent a cultural icon like Slenderman. And what's more internet than well, that? Well, I mean, Russell, think about, uh, maybe you should turn that around and look at yourself and take inventory of, of what you know, what you care about, and what your expertise is. I mean, oh, you dude. could very easily do a documentary about fucked up meth head losers in Wyoming. YouTubers. Yeah, you kind of, a lol cow thing. Because you know three of them. <laughs> hey, let me, let me tell you this. Intimately. Um, <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Uh, go check out a uh, bone barrel, y'all. Uh, bone barrel, because you know, bring out. I think you barrel. might hear more about uh, the, the barrel of bones when you make a backyard wrestling movie and send it to me uh, via YouTube. Uh, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get some uh, desserts, some treats. Oh boy, from the Overlook Hour podcast. Hey yeah, Randy, now have, have you watched this one? Uh, I don't think so no it sounds vaguely familiar but i don't think i've seen it yeah people are really mixed on it and i i feel like you would be like it was cool <laughs> like yeah. nothing groundbreaking it doesn't really seem like your shit but i think just from a film sure. like yeah like as a film appreciator you you might find something there cool. oh, Randy, you don't fuck with the slender man dude not really. I can't say I know much about him. I am very excited for their new film. I saw the TV glow. Oh, what? What's the new film? Uh, just Jen? premiered at Sundance. Uh, actually, the homies from the band King Woman are in it. King Woman. You keep name dropping them, Randy. When the fuck are we going to get to hang out with them? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Actually, I don't want to hang out with anybody. <laughs> you don't want to hang out with the King of Women? Fuck them. Or the Woman King? They can't figure out what they want to do. Hey. Hey, oh, what's a good name for a band? Queen. Oh, already taken. Well, oh, we're King Woman. <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> up. It's stupid. All right. We got the, uh, the premise for the new one, two teenagers bond over the love of a supernatural TV show, but it is mysteriously canceled. Oh, I, I remember hearing yeah. about that. I'm very in. Yeah, same. It sounds pretty um, good. But yeah, a self-induced hallucination. So good. I'm, I really dig it. All right, I gotta find that. Again, Robbie Smith, you're a godsend. And, you know, Randy talked about it earlier, Rob's World. Y'all fucking jump into that Patreon and listen to that podcast. I uh, you know, hit the dark web and I got a couple episodes. And uh, you know what? I fucking, you know, Clark wants to sit here and, and have stolen valor for a gravelly voice. Go listen to fucking Rob's World. He's been in the game longer than me. Dude, he's <laughs> a fucking gargoyle he's, the I way think he he's talks. out the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did he quit? He, is he I think done so, with yeah. I hate it. Robbie, if you're listening, come back. I, I fucking hate how much I like his voice on there. It's a good voice. He's got a good set of pipes. Yeah. He's not daddy, but he's got a good set of pipes. Who is daddy? I'm more versatile. Thank you very much. Who, who is daddy? Uh, I'm your daddy. No. You who, your who's mom. your daddy? And what does he do? And what does he do? What's his name? <laughs> who's your daddy? What does he do? You're not like a Bobby Lee fun guy like people might think. I, I like think you're more of a hack. I think your daddy's like a fucking Mark Marin, And I just want to hear you say it so I can... What? <laughs> God, you, who's so, you, who's you, who's you have so much vitriol. 
for Marcus Marin. Yeah, I don't like him. What? Who's He's your chill. pod daddy, dude? Joseph Rogan. Oh God! All right, all right. We're canceled. We're done. No. Also, uh, I, I I sent it to Clark. I don't know if any of you watched it, but uh, Chris Stefano was on um, Club Random with Bill Maher. It's very okay. funny. Their energies are so like different. It's uh, it's can funny. you give me a fucking link? I didn't need to watch the it. last Bill Maher one I watched. I watched part of the one with Roseanne, and that was fun. He also brings up the uh, Richard Dreyfus episode like twenty times during his oh, episode too. I'm waiting for a podcast to bring up the helicopter decapitation because everybody, everybody wants to talk about being shot by a fucking Baldwin. I don't give a shit about that. I want to talk. That happened 40 years ago. Yeah, but I just want to hear it. (laughs) I just want to hear it. Come up. No, we're over that day. No. Plus the movie sucks. There's one good segment of that movie. Yeah, the bitch lost it's her not, head. It's not a good movie. Was it a uh, uh, those? Was it a lady? <laughs> those that got people died in vain. <laughs> was it a lady or a man? Do we have a gender of what? <laughs> the head, Vic Morrow. Oh, Vi- oh, how could I forget? Please, I don't know the name of the have body. Some respect, unless David Lynch yeah. says Happy Trails. I don't know these motherfuckers. <laughs> it is Vic Morrow, correct? <laughs> not sure. Well, you know what? Let's call him. Hey, Vic, you here? Oh, confirmed. Remember the, uh, the it's Twilight Zone? What was that? The Jordan Peele one? But uh, they remade the segment with the, uh, the the thing on the helicopter or on the airplane. Uh, so on the plane. Dude. On the plane. But it, uh, the, the main character was Adam Scott. That was good. Love Adam Scott. Take your word for it. I didn't, s- <laughs> I didn't see it with Adam Scott. It was yeah. Adam Scott on it. Yeah, he plays the uh, whatever oh, his name is. So who did it best? Shatner, Lithgow, Scott. I'm going Lithgow. Oh, there you go. Oh, Lith- that's that's our internet documentary. Lithgow ate up that <laughs> scenery like it was covered in Let's sugar. We can make a YouTube doc about that. What? We name it what you just said, all their last names. And then yeah. it's the it's all the culture around the uh, the wing of the plane. We could tie it into 9-11 and make it real highbrow. <laughs> or, you know, you, the first thing I thought of is you do it JTT style. And you just edit all three together. Oh, somewhere. yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to fucking JTT, Jorge Torres Torres. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he had his Batman revision on Twitch just yeah. playing 24 hours a day, which is a, if you got a tincture, <laughs> go go tap that tincture and jump onto Twitch. Nothing like a bat tincture. All right, uh, boys, we did it uh, in under two hours. Congratulations. Go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back. Good job. Mm-hmm. We did it. We're coasted into the station. And as we de train, <laughs> I don't know. Is that how depart? you say depart? I guess yeah, you could have departed. Well, the train departs, but when you leave the train, decapitated. I guess you're the helicopter. De- I guess you're detraining. I don't know. Randy, look it up. We'll have the answer next <laughs> week. Uh, Randy, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners? Uh, you know, sign them off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sign them off. You and the jack off <laughs> shit all fucking day. <laughs> I'm going to go jack off and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, 
go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>